Captain Bootcamp. Now, I left this up to you to introduce the podcast this time because this is your game. You created it. Okay. And chose it. I, <laughs> yeah, uh, developed by a team of one. Four-year-old you, like, developing this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I would have been... Six. Well, six when it released. So that means I was four and five when it was under development, probably. Anyway, welcome to Analog Shtick, an ambitious podcast where we <laughs> sort of somewhat try to review most of the PS2 library. I am your co-host, Morgan, uh, here with um, the Lizard King himself, uh, Clayton. I think that uh, ambitious is a good... Well, I think initially our concept for the show was to like finish it and like actually <laughs> like break things up into groups in a way that we could talk about every game released for the system. Yeah. But I like this a lot more because it just goes on as long as it needs to at this point because we can yes. just talk about yeah. things one at a time. Right. It's much less committal, which is great. Yes. We are here at Analog Stick. We don't, we don't do commitments, I guess. Yeah. I commitments. The, we the podcast would have ended if we would have had to commit to it, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's the non-committal nature of this once a month podcast is the only reason it's still going. <laughs> yeah. It's what keeps it alive. So did you say we're talking about Scalar today? No. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Yeah. So um, the game um, that we played this month is a little, um, what would you call that? Like third, well, it's third a platformer. Third person platformer? Third person yeah. platformer. Yeah. Well, I mean or like. 3D platformer. Yeah. 3D platformer. Better. I was thinking like third person. I was like, well, there's not a ton of platformers that are anything other than third person. Not saying that, yeah. you know, well, that's there's not Mirror's a thing, Edge but, and that's like. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that ghost thing, the ghost. Oh, Ghost Runner. Yeah, I guess that's a platformer. That's it. If you have any others that you know of, they're not real uh, <laughs> because we said so. So I guess before we get started, anything uh, that we've been up to aside from uh, Scalar? Well, I can tell you about my morning that I had. Okay. So I woke up this morning with a hangover um, because I had a singular, <laughs> a singular Moscow mule, a singular oh. mixed drink and uh, What's in devastated. Is that, is that vodka that's in that? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I was like... Mm. Our friend, I don't remember. Our friend Cora's. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's I think it's vodka and like lime juice. But yeah, devastated my my brain. It kicked um, you like a mule. Exactly. Is what you're saying. Okay. So I woke up with like a weird headache. I assume it was a hangover because it's a headache that I had never experienced before. It wasn't particularly painful, but it was like in a different part of my brain. Normally my headaches are like right up front, and this one was like back here, and uh, it subsided eventually with some water and okay. uh, just moving around and stuff but we had a 6k planned for this morning to like the the event was kind of like to raise money for um like getting clean drinkable water to certain communities that don't have access to it um and that's kind of the reason for the weird distance because it's the average amount that uh people have to walk in these countries to get Oh, so okay. That was the idea behind it. Where we're at, it was scheduled to rain at like no, like all day yesterday. The forecast was just all day rain and thunderstorms. But <laughs> when we woke up, there was like a window where it was like, oh, it looks like it's not going to rain at nine, which was the scheduled start time, and you know, rain a little bit after that. But we'll probably be done by then. And it wasn't like a perfect loop. The six uh, K. It was more like 
walk to a sign that says turn around and then turn around on like these biking trails. Yeah. But we made it like all the way out there. And basically right as we hit the three kilometer mark, it started sprinkling and it got progressively worse and worse. (laughs) And I was with uh, my wife, Claire, and our friend, Elizabeth, who... Um, shout out to Elizabeth. I know you're watching this. Um, <laughs> but we were uh, walking together and I decided to run at that point for fun, I guess. And <laughs> I ran back to like the start and finished the race. And then it started like really raining and it was like kind of cold <laughs> as well. Oh no. So I grabbed towels and uh, like water and then ran back <laughs> to oh, meet my goodness. up with them. To reach them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then we finished again. And then like right as we finished, it like was <laughs> torrential downpours. It oh, was, no. Like, uh, it was like the kind of like rain where it's like the fastest setting on your windshield wipers aren't enough to keep oh, up with no. the amount of rain. <laughs> yeah. That sounds cold and like kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. Mixed with like thunder and stuff. So we were driving home through this like flash flooding. Oh, <laughs> Just my like gosh. a bunch of water on the road. Yeah. And it's like, man, if we... Started like 10 minutes later, we would have been just like drenched. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, exhilarating morning. I came home. Yeah. I just slept. I took a nap. (laughs) And then I woke up like, I think two hours, an hour and a half ago. I watched a Summoning Salt video. Have you seen Summoning Salt? That sounds really familiar and I don't know why. He's the guy who does videos on speedrun progressions. So he'll okay. like look at like the speed run progression of, in this instance, it was Super Mario, it was new Super Mario Bros. for the Wii. Oh, okay. And he just like tracks the progression of like the world records and like discovering the different time saving uh, skips and stuff. And oh. it's really fun. He takes it very seriously. And there's like, you remember uh, Fitz who did the uh, 2B2T like documentary style videos where he's yeah, like, fit, talking about this Fit MC. Server? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's kind of on that level where it's like taking this, you know, video game, like, like tiny community thing really seriously. And I don't know, it's really intriguing. There are like, it's like funny sometimes too, because he's like taking it seriously. And he's like, this time skip was discovered by just blaze 24. Yeah. Yeah. That guy kind of reminds me of another channel, like a very similar channel I watch called the Rixer where he does... But I think mm-hmm. his, like, main topic is, like, um, PS1 and PS2 titles, at least oh, in okay. the videos that I've seen him cover. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like similar, it. I don't really care dudes. too much for speedrunning, but, I mean, it's fun to, like. Yeah, the, the history stuff is, like, actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, the community around it, they're pretty cool people, sounds like. He just makes, he makes good videos and he tells the story of this community really well. So it's just interesting from that perspective. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, that's been my morning. <laughs> Anything crazy with you um so last night during all of the thunderstorms and whatnot also like a similar similar weather forecast to your area i was in a camper so um (laughs) i don't really like uh loud noises um just in general and um thunder gets kind of loud so i didn't get much sleep last night i got maybe five hours of sleep because the thunder kept like it would like come in be like really loud and like lots of lightning flashing in through the windows that would like jolt me awake and then it would kind of subside and then right when i was like getting relaxed again and about ready to fall back asleep another wave would come in and so uh i was awake until 
maybe 3 a.m. I don't know. Hmm. And then I had there was like a lull and then it started back up again this morning. So <laughs> like around like, I don't know, seven maybe. So I'm kind of just a little uh, frazzled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't. I, I personally kind of like I like rain at night. I like being inside during the rain thunderstorms i can kind of vibe with <laughs> it's fine if you're in a house oh yeah because you're in this camper <laughs> like just like a sheet of tin between you and the world and it's <laughs> like uh <laughs> i heard someone describe being indoors during like a thunderstorm or like a just heavy rain as womb like and i found that yeah kind of accurate it's like yeah. I'm, in the, I'm like safe from the danger of right. the outside world. And that's comforting. It's comforting. Yes. Yeah. But any uh any video game news related to you? What you been playing outside of Scalar? Um, so I started my umpteenth playthrough of New Vegas. Um yeah. I probably revisit that game, I don't know, maybe once a year, if not like twice a year, because it's just I don't know why. I couldn't even really tell you why I love it so much. Um, and then today, actually, I picked up Stardew Valley again. I've tried to mm -hmm. start a playthrough multiple times, and each time I, like, learn a little bit more, but I'm also like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, and that bugs yeah. me. Um, so today I'm, like, I've been sitting down and, like, dedicating more of my brain ram to trying to learn how to be, like, somewhat optimal in the game. Yeah, so. I... I I agree with your assessment. You mentioned it in our group chat that like it's hard to play this game knowing you're playing it in a suboptimal way. Yeah, it just like, pains me for some reason. I don't know why, but it's yeah, it's just bothersome. Yeah, because it's like a game about it. I mean, it's a game about like maxing out, you know, efficiencies with your farm and like time and stuff. Right. Well, so, and like arguably yeah. the more optimally you play, the more fun you get to have. So. Right. Yeah. Who are you? Uh, who are you romancing? That's the real question. Sebastian. I mean, <laughs> I think he's like one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Everybody loves Sebastian. He's like the Fabio-looking man, right? Or... No, that's Elliot. No, he's he's the he's the guy who works at JoJo's. No, no, that's, that's Shane. Sebastian and Shane, I think, are the two favorites. Shane is like very depressed, like an alcoholic. And Sebastian is like an emo boy that's into like D and D and is a computer programmer, so he's just like okay. a nerd. But he has like yeah. the whole emo boy thing going on, and he he smokes cigarettes, which I don't like. But you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like. Well, no, Are you gonna I don't change wanna... him. Is that the goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just like the cigarette part. Everything else can stay the way it is. <laughs> if I don't know if I think I told you, but if you had to guess who I romanced whenever I played this game. Does anything spring to mind? Um, I could see either Abigail or Penny, I think. Penny's the preschool teacher, right? I don't know. There's two of them that look like almost identical. I think Robin is Sebastian's mom and the, Robin and Penny look really similar. Mm. Yeah, I, I could chose, also see you I going for... Abigail. Okay, okay. Could see me going for who? Um, I was going to say, you might, you might also like Maru... And I don't know why. I think it might be the way that she dresses. Maru has like a similar aesthetic vibe to Claire, your wife. <laughs> Let me just I think pull up. I could be misremembering action. horribly. And so does Penny, honestly. Well, Claire works in a school, so that's kind of on brand. Yeah. yeah. Is Maru the orange haired girl? 
No, Mario's hair is kind of like purpley. It's if it's it's M A R U. So if you look up Maru Stardew Valley, wait, no, maybe she oh, does have yeah. orange hair. I think I did. Like not knowing what I was doing, I think I raised her like the heart meter thing with her a couple times. So I was playing with her basically. Oh, <laughs> you're leading her on. <laughs> I was leading her on. That's nice. I feel like if I was um, playing as a, like a female character, although I think you can just romance whoever. Yeah, you um, can. Everyone is I would bi. go with Shane. Big fan yeah. of Shane. <laughs> yeah. The, my only complaint about Shane is that if you like marry him or whatever and he moves in, his room is like a literal trash pit. Like he just has like <laughs> piles of trash. And he also has all this dialogue that's like disgustingly obsessive about pizza. And that bugs <laughs> me. <laughs> Where he's like... If you have, like, kids with him, he's like, yeah, I fed the kids um, pizza pop cereal this morning. And it's like, you did what? Pop cereal. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like, he'll, like, compliment you, I think, in one of his, like, flirty dialogue options. And she's like, mmm, you smell like pizza. And it's like, I don't want to be told that. <laughs> I don't want to. Shane? So you're saying, you're saying you researched the romance options before you chose yes. them? Yeah, I did. I was looking <laughs> for my perfect did. eligible bachelor a man of good standing (laughs) (laughs) with wealth no i don't know yeah Mm -hmm. i want to tell you about the games that i've been messing with oh right right right. yeah i've been plugging away at persona 5 great game you would love it yes um 100 hour commitment uh right that's why i haven't touched it yet (laughs) i've been playing this game since february um i'm like 40 hours in and i just know for certain that i am not even close to halfway through (laughs) i'm playing it like really casually I'm essentially treating it like a a like a series like an anime series with multiple seasons and the game is kind of structured that way like each yeah. like boss character you go up against feels like a season of an anime to me so right kind of piecemealing it like that is more digestible still taking a very long time <laughs> That's a game I had to um, just give up on the idea of playing it optimally. I'm like, I am just going to play this game how I see fit. Turn it to easy. I'll probably be fine. (laughs) Yeah. So that's been going good. Love it. But I've also been playing Ghost of Tsushima by Sucker Punch. I don't know how much you know about this game, Morgan, but it is a... I I knew it was inspired by like Japanese cinema, but I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that extended beyond the fact that there is just a mode where you can play it in black and white with film grain. I thought it was just kind of like a shallow like imitation of like uh, Japanese cinema before playing it. Mm-hmm. Playing it now, I'm like, dang, this is like, I don't know. It feels like I'm watching a movie. And also like the whole morality system, I think is way cooler than past Sucker Punch games where it's like good or bad. It's instead it's like... um choosing to like uphold your like um samurai sort of like uh like traditions and like honor and stuff or just kind of like resorting to like whatever means necessary to like hold off the mongol invasion of your homeland interesting i feel like there's like a compelling reason to do both as opposed to like you know infamous where it's like are you gonna just kill everybody for no reason do you want to have blue lightning or red lightning basically uh now it's like do you want to like sneak up on people and kill them or be a samurai and like like this like honor kind of fighting and at first i'm like obviously i'm going to choose the path of being a ninja even though it's like dishonorable Mm -hmm. but it feels 
so badass to be a samurai because like you walk into a camp of uh like enemies that have overtaken one of the towns and you just like call them out and you just like walk in very slowly <laughs> and you're like send your strongest man to fight me and you do like the standoff and then oh like, that's cool actually it's like, yeah oh it feels like it feels really cool i feel like i don't know it might be worth a second playthrough i'm not too far into it right now but playing through it as like strictly a ninja the whole time might be fun yeah 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 it's really fun the characters and like the interactions and stuff are like really good it has really good um english voice acting even though you can like turn it either way yeah Um, yeah it has a real problem with lip sync though like both directions like it doesn't feel like the lip sync for the japanese audio makes sense or the english audio so (laughs) maybe they try to just do like a middle ground be like ah (laughs) Yeah. We get halfway. I think it's supposed to be like, just kind of like AI. Like, I don't think it's like actually animated. I think it's more just like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Judging it. But it doesn't. I don't know. I I got over it, but it was bugging me a lot at first. I was really torn on whether or not I wanted to play it in like Japanese, uh, with Japanese voice acting or with English voice acting. Mm -hmm. But the English voice acting is really good. So I left it like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's. It's a really fun game. And I think you'd like it as well. This is something I love to do to you, where I just <laughs> enjoy something and be like, you would like this too. You should play it too. Yeah. When I have time, eventually, or, you know, I'll I probably gotta, get around to these things eventually. It just takes a long time. I've given you like a hundred like item <laughs> list of things that you yeah. must play. Yes. <laughs> but I can't help it. It feels like something you would enjoy. So I have to say it. All right. So I guess we can um, get into Scalar, I suppose. Um, so mm-hmm. did you have any prior experience with this game? No, I, I had never even heard of it until you mentioned it. Okay. So, so, and like the reason why I brought this one up and made us do it now is because I knew that it was like, uh, we'll talk about it in a bit. I knew that it was like kind of more so average and mm-hmm. since this is only episode four of Analog Stick, you know, it's like you don't want to blow your load on, <laughs> you know, do yeah. all the good games first and then have all these like poopy ones left. So I was like, this one is like middle of the road. So we'll just do this one uh, in an early episode. It's true. So, We're also like hitting our stride. We're like trying to like, you know, figure out how the show flows and everything. Which right, right. Takes a few episodes. So it does. You don't want you don't want like Ratchet and Clank. To be like episode two and it's like forever. We just look back at it as like being a terrible episode. Right. Because so. we were like being awkward and didn't know what to do. And yeah. Granted. I haven't looked back at any of these episodes yet and been like, that was terrible. That's true. Uh, yeah. No, so. I think I think each one we've put out has been like just a little bit different. But also like it's I think they're fairly pleasant to listen to. Yeah. I think they're I pretty know. good. Yeah. We'll see. You know, 10 episodes removed how we still feel about right, these right. early yeah. ones. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found Scalar in the, I think we talked about this in the, in episode one, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm like being crazy and misremembering, but you know, like the big, like $20 bargain bins of PS2 games they used to have at Walmart. I found it there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, and I played it, um, up until I think I quit around maybe Medusum, which is, a little um, over halfway yeah it's a little over halfway yeah i was stuck somewhere but i don't remember why 
that <laughs> I just kind of mm-hmm. stopped playing. And also, like, this wasn't, like, a game that, like, I would pick up. And I would only, like, pick up this game when I was bored of everything else. <laughs> because, yeah. like, I really preferred, you know, like, Ratchet and Clank and Sly and other stuff. So Now, I have to ask. You you are uh, Spyro fan number one. Yeah. Um, did this game, like, jump out to you for its kind of similar-ish aesthetic? I think it was... So the cover on, well, the cover looked fun to my child brain because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like this bright blue lizard character. Um, I think what stuck out was that on the cover, he's on like a grind rail thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also um, one of the components of like Ratchet and Clank gameplay. So that sort of like associated in my brain. And I was like, oh, this is like Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. So that's what made me pick it up, I think. Okay. So more like Ratchet and Clank than Spyro. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. I think that was the first thing. But yeah, also just the pretty colors. <laughs> yeah. Because like I said, it's bright blue. So how far did you make it in replaying the game for this episode? So I beat the game, um, but I didn't bother 100%ing it. Um, so there's... So you got the fake ending. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know it was the fake ending when I got it. So but we'll that's get funny. to that later. Mm-hmm. I played up until the 15th egg. I'm playing the game through a modded PS2 um, using OPL. And OPL is a amazing tool that works really well for the majority of PS2 games. But um, there's like a couple games where like there will be like smaller glitches while being still playable. Jack and Daxter was one of those. I had to go out and like track down a copy of it to play it even though i already owned it It we talked about that then this was another one of those games it was much more playable than jack and daxter was i couldn't even launch jack and daxter Hmm. but there was issues with like um some of the cutscenes. i would just see black oh no Um, (laughs) but like gameplay was mostly fine it ran like perfectly fine until i got to medusum Mm -hmm. and i would get a just a hard crash right around whenever you fought that like dragon mini boss thing before you could transform into the fly boy i think oh uh, yeah yeah so i would play i played it twice up until that point and i got a crash and i was like okay i guess i'll watch the rest <laughs> so i played up until like i think that was the 15th egg or the 14th egg so okay. like three-fourths of the way through right. the main game okay um, um but yeah did you play, sorry, I'm just trying to remember like the, the level order. Did you play the boss fight where it was basically like a giant head in like the acid pit or whatever? No, I think that okay. was after. Uh, okay, okay. I'm trying to remember. I know that the game, like the the bullshit increases um, exponentially <laughs> past around where I stopped. Yeah. So I guess uh, we can start with uh, giving like a breakdown of the plot. So basically for a summary, um, the main character his name actually is not Scalar. It's Bobby. Well, it is. well it's yeah. Bobby Scalar Jenkins, like any normal kid would be named. Right, right, right. Um, and he is a lizard rights activist who um, gets trapped and tortured by, I guess, lizard beings from an alternate dimension. So, like, the opening cutscene of the game is a child uh, strapped down in, like, a torture chamber being electrocuted. And then does he get turned into a lizard and tossed into the portal? 
Or yeah, does it? So okay. while this lobotomy is being performed right. on this child, um, <laughs> he gets like suddenly transformed into a lizard. He starts having like lizard-like qualities, like his yeah. tongue yeah. is like, uh, I don't know, catching flies and stuff. And then he turns into a full-on lizard, except his hair. His hair stays the same. Um, and then also a portal opens to another dimension. <laughs> Right. Uh, There's a lot going yeah. on, I think. Yeah. And like don't the don't the bad guys or whatever, don't they have like a human form and a lizard form too? I think so. That's okay. that's a, that's something I wanted to mention yeah. is that there is like a seemingly deep lore and backstory behind like what is going on in this world. They don't explain it though, like at all. I know. <laughs> it's like it feels like I'm jumped into like episode 2. Like I needed episode one to like set up the world uh, yeah. and I don't know what's going on. And there was, there was no episode one. Yeah. Well, because like I was so confused at first, like, or like for the longest time because they show like the, the lizard version and also the human version of these villains. And I'm like, okay, so are these villains from the human world or the lizard world? Because like, it, yeah. and I don't know if it even really says. And so mm. I was like, oh, who are, and like, who are these people? Why did they capture a child? And like, I don't know. It was. <laughs> Cause he's like some. He must be some real destructive or disruptive figure in like the yeah. rebellion against, I don't know, lizard oppression. Are they for lizard oppression? Like what is. So they want they want to use <laughs> lizard eggs, I think, from our dimension, quote unquote, our dimension mm -hmm. um, to take to the lizard dimension to like, I guess, mutate or whatever and make lizard super soldiers and then come back to our dimension and conquer the world i'm pretty sure i guess i guess that makes sense why are they so focused on our dimension what is our dimension i don't know because that's conquering? that's i mean like in the avengers why do the aliens want earth so bad well i think that's true like wasn't there a reason for that was wasn't the goal to just like go to every planet that with it had i don't know <laughs> it did but it didn't matter because it stopped at earth it because ain't. apparently earth is the best piece of grass in the universe or something yeah, don't I don't mess know. around with earth no don't mess with earth anyway <laughs> so he gets sucked through this portal and he meets um a lizard named leon who has like the ultimate dad bod for some reason oh, um, he has it's like all upper body yes zero legs he's like dorito shaped <laughs> absolutely killer he has a he has the jawline of a milk jug um, oh man, his freaking mouth was like really, <laughs> he had a dumb face. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Very, very dad qualities. And on top of that, he suspiciously shares the same first name with um, Bobby's absent father. I think I have hmm. the quote here. Okay. Um, Leon, that was my father's name. Was. He left us when I was young. Anyway, back to what we're <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so that's handled incredibly gracefully. Um, Very subtle. I had right. I was really shocked when I found out that Leon was <laughs> Bobby's father. Right. Yeah. Um, so from there, um, they travel around to different areas of the lizard dimension in order to rescue the eggs, um, so that they can take them back to the normal world. Another complaint I had was that okay, so it's like oh, we have to save the eggs because they're gonna turn them into lizard soldiers. But you don't get to ever see an example of a lizard soldier that's like that would be a threat to earth. Like everything is yeah. contained to this lizard dimension. <laughs> um, as, as we mentioned, the father son crap between Bobby and Leon is incredibly awkward. Um, there's a point, I think like towards the halfway point in the story where Leon just like randomly remembers 
um, yeah. that he was married to Bobby's mom. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I think, even know what prompted that. Like I don't know. He was just happened. like staring out at the horizon. And he was like, I remember my wife. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Bobby's like, you know, he has like his absent father in front of him. And he's like, ew, don't, don't try to get all mushy with me. I don't know you. And it's like, that's yeah. your dad, you boob. Yeah. So that was... It was just awkward. Um, I find it, I don't, I'm not trying to read into this freaking uh, father something <laughs> any more than, I don't know how much effort it seems to put into it, but it was so heavy handed and yes. like, it, the characters like reactions to everything made very little sense. Yeah. I love seeing in the true ending, we get to see, um, I assume Leon as a real person. Yes. Um, and that was fun. Yes. He looks the exact same. So <laughs> Except he's like bald, right? I can't. Uh I don't I thought he had hair. I don't remember though. Um so basically what happened to entirely spoil the ending because it, the plot don't even worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> Cuz it's just that bad. Don't worry. Um, about it. It's fine. <laughs> So when you beat the game, you beat the boss, right? Okay. You have this little device that's going to open a portal to take you and all the eggs. Well, you as in your Bobby and then Leon and all the eggs back to the Earth dimension or whatever. Um, Leon, clumsy shithead, <laughs> I think drops something. I, or, no, no he, I think Bobby drops something and Leon's like, he does like the cartoonish like skid to a hole. Yeah, hole, yeah, yeah. Turn back, uh, grab it. Right. And then I guess he can't run to the portal in time. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, the portal shuts. And then um so then Bobby gets back with all the eggs and you watch the portal close and Bobby's like, No, Dad and it's like, Oh no, he finally cares about Leon, I guess, now that he's like just lost him. And yeah. then he stares at where the portal was and gets all like sad looking. And then it just hard cuts to black and the credits roll. And that was the yep. ending I got. And I was and like. And then it gives you, well, <laughs> after that, it gives you a little like text pop up that's like, you unlocked the cheesy ending that Hollywood would have given you. And it's like, I don't, first of all, what? I mean, like this is the, 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 the real ending to this where Leon is just like, oh, you're in a different dimension where Leon is there as your dad. Yeah. And it's like everything is fine. It's like how is that how is that better? How is this how are you going to how are you, how do you have the audacity right. to call one of these ending more cheesy than the other? It's like what is going on? And how do you have the audacity to call it a Hollywood yeah, when I don't your whole entire story is just cheese? Um <laughs> like Bobby is a character. He makes all these snarky comments and jokes and like and not in like a normal like teenager way either like he's just like this weird i don't know caricature of a really annoying like cartoon character i guess um yeah had a lot of the attitude that i think many of the mascot platformers from this era had which was yes like definitely just yeah being an annoying little child basically. right very immature <laughs> Yeah, and I did think it was cute how um, it, it it reminded me of Jack and Daxter. How like every time you collected an egg, though, a lot of them had like a special, unique animation for it. Yeah, where there was, was like fun. some sort of like yeah, no, that I actually liked. Like that was fine. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole like, I guess this kind of makes me understand the whole Jack as a silent protagonist thing. Because like, if your protagonist <laughs> is going to be this annoying, I, maybe I kind of get it. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, the plot. That was the that was the plot. That was the motivation for moving us from egg to egg. Right. Also, um, 
I didn't play this game with the intention of 100%ing it. What were the other collectibles that, like, you could get? There were, like, those, I don't know what they were called, like, cores or something? Yeah, I think that was the only, so there's just the eggs and then the, um, I don't remember what they were called, but they're, like, the glowing orb things. Yeah. Yeah. They were, like, hidden. Yeah, it was just those two things, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. The way that some of them were hidden was kind of interesting, but... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They felt some of them felt like too obtuse to like. Okay, well, I need a guide to find this, but right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, like a lot of them were also just like gimmies where it's just like along the path yeah, and you just can just like see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Onto the mechanics and actual gameplay. Now that we're done tearing the um, writing that they clearly put so much love and effort into to shreds. <laughs> um, what was your favorite transformation? So for the transfer, like the one of the main like gameplay gimmicks of Scalar is transforming into different lizards? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Are these all lizards? Some of I them think, really yeah. push the bounds of what is and isn't lizard. <laughs> yeah, um, they did. We have. Um, I'm gonna attempt to say they're like actual names. We have Bakudan mm-hmm. or Bakudan. <laughs> <laughs> Who is like this little lizard who jumps not as high as Scalar and can like roll bombs like a bowling ball basically uh, that you can like detonate and stuff. And it's needed for some of the puzzles in the game. And then you have Croc who is this ball that rolls around and has spikes and goes absurdly fast. Um, Then there's Doozum, the flying lizard dolphin so these last three um transformations i didn't get a play with because my game decided to not progress further than the 15th egg but doom zoom was the one that i was about to unlock i'm pretty sure in the level that i crashed on but he uh he flies around and stuff uh, and then we have fruzard who shoots stuff little snipey boy and we have swoom who swims which i gotta be honest doesn't feel like the last one you should unlock no (laughs) no swimming uh swoom was probably like the least exciting i think Mm -hmm. Um, he didn't he didn't seem exciting whenever i saw him being played no i really liked croc granted croc felt broken as all heck he was like absurdly fast for yes. like um, <laughs> the levels where he was used, there was like I think the whenever you first unlock him, you need to like basically run some time trials through like a uh, like a gated area, like open the gate and then like try to race to the gate before it closes. Yeah, and they require like just a moderate amount of precision, and even that was almost too much to ask because it was like well. You don't really just, have to. There's like no need to be precise because it just he just goes like yeah <laughs> yeah. There was like one curve where I think I had to like actually like get up on a hill or else I would fall off and I think that was it. Yeah. Other than that, he's got like a little like racing section that's like dedicated to him that has like some. It's like a track, and there's like a couple uh, like races you have to do to get an egg there. But other than that, I don't think he returns. I think that's like the last level with him, but I don't yeah, he was he was fun for how absurdly fast he was moving. Yes. <laughs> what about you? So I think so. Like there were a few 
segments with Croc where, um, I'm trying to think, I don't remember the level or anything. It might've been the one where you get him where you had to like, it wasn't like the, the time trial thing, but it was like a, you know, roll up and like speed through the section or whatever, where mm-hmm. the, you had to like jump over, um, like pits of like acid or whatever that would kill you. I was really frustrating. I didn't like that very much. Uh, just because he's so fast and so difficult to control when he's just going sometimes. He's just gunning it. Yeah. It's too much. Um, so since I know that you didn't get to experience the Doozum, Fruzard, and Swoom gameplay, I'll just, I guess, kind of break this down really quick. Doozum, I thought, was like a letdown because that was the one I was most excited about because I was like, oh, like you get to like fly. Like I thought that there would, you know, the, the Medusum, like the level that you're in, I thought that um you would get to like i don't know go to new areas um in the level Mm. once you could like fly around and like have fun exploring and doing that um but actually what happened was you just take this portal to this like little side challenge area sort of like the croc time trials um and you just Mm -hmm. go through and do these time trials where if you you fly through a tunnel and if you touch any part of the tunnel you die um and i didn't like it that much <laughs> um that does not sound especially interesting it was not fun um and then like the combat with Doozum was like you know you just like spam the fire button and you'll shoot anything in front of you and it was boring was it the same as like whenever you're riding on the back of um that other dragon that or not dragon lizard oh, that like Leon a, flies like a turret section yeah no it wasn't like that um okay. speaking of that part though freaking hated i hate I hate turret sections. I was sections. stressed out the whole it, time because yes. I'm like, I don't want to play this again. Yes. Please let me finish it. <laughs> I think I died at the end of the first, my first try and it really pissed me off because I had to go through all that stupid crap again. And, it, and it's like, yeah. why? Why? And it was hard to, oh, there was also a boss fight where you had to, it was yep. like a turret. Hated that. Like, that crab thing. It yeah. Like, it was incredibly I stressful. I beat him mm-hmm. on my first try, but only just, like I had like me one too. hit point left and I, oh, yeah, no, yeah. that sucks. And I was like, please, dear God, I feel like it's going to make me start from the very beginning if I don't beat yes, this. Yes, because it had like phases to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually, I think all the, didn't all the bosses have, I think all the bosses kind of had phases to them. Anyway. I think, yeah, they had like different like attack patterns. So, yeah. Right. So, Fruzard was, like you said, the snipey boy. He had like um like a scatter shot thing that he could do where he would shoot out like three pellets at like a short range or you could like go into like the long range like sniping view um mm-hmm. i hated his sections because he sucked for like any platforming purposes so like anytime um there would be like a bit where you had to like snipe and then you'd have to switch back to scalar to do the platforming and switch back to him but it was like really like clunky and like not i don't know it was frustrating and awkward um right and also um there were these enemies that would like pop up and be they were flying enemies that would be at like such an angle where you would have to like try and quick scope them because you couldn't hit them with your short range but they would like hit you and they would do like two hit points worth of damage and it would take you out of your quick scope so like like you would i got like murdered by them many times and it made me so mad so i kind of hated the fruzard gameplay for that reason um, yeah, I remember you sending. We don't. We try not to talk about the game too much. Yeah. Uh, before the episode, but I do remember you. I think sending me a section of Fruzard where you're like, "This is driving me insane." It, yeah, it was driving me insane just because of, like the 
probably just because of like the enemy setups, I guess, more than anything. Um, and then Swoom, the only thing that he can do is swim. And I didn't, I'm going to be honest, by the time I got to Swoom, I didn't even bother with, like, I think he has like a, like a charge attack or something underwater. But I was, at that point, I was just like running past all the enemies because I was like, I just want to be done with this. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that worked. Um, so out of them all, I think Bakudan was my favorite. Um, I liked Bakudan a lot. I think from just like a gameplay perspective. Yeah, he, he was, was the most fun. Interesting and stuff. Yeah. 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 I think it would have been really cool if you kind of mentioned this a little bit. Um, if you could like transform to anything after you unlocked it, that would probably break th- the game for some areas, but it would have it would kind of have to be designed around this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of like going back to a previous area to like get to a section that you couldn't reach before, like oh, like if Metroid, it was blocked by Metroid water. Mania? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't always like it when games do that, but I feel like it could have been fun for something like this. Uh, I, the game is very linear. Like you just kind of move straight through it. So I don't know. I do like that. You can just be like, you, you kind of know what the critical path is, but if there were like optional, you know, collectibles or whatever that you could get through like revisiting old levels with new abilities, I think that would be fun and uh kind of make yeah. the transformations feel more like integral to the whole experience yeah because it doesn't really feel and also it's like well how come i can only transform to this in certain levels like it doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. i guess from a lore perspective also something we just forgot to mention um so part of the um i guess progression is to unlock a transformation uh, you have to kill a certain number of that lizard type before you can transform into it. Um, mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? Any opinions? I, I don't know. It felt like a little <laughs> strange. I don't know. It, I don't know if there's like a better way to unlock the transformation ability that makes more sense in like a narrative sense or in a gameplay sense. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't really think about it too much, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Um, other than it seems like a little contradictory to be like, oh, like I'm so passionate about lizards and <laughs> lizard rights. And then you just come in and like cause multiple species to go potentially extinct. Yeah, I didn't consider so that. that but that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a bit of a little, little like moral conflict there. <laughs> What's that thing? The, the big term was it? Do you know what ludo narrative dissonance is? Um, no. <laughs> oh, there was this like, um, I've heard people call it kind of like mildly pretentious. There was like this big long review somebody wrote about Bioshock, um, where they I think pretty much coined the term ludo narrative dissonance, which basically means like, um, you're trying to make a point or like say something with the game's narrative, but then the, the gameplay itself directly contradicts or like the player's actions directly contradict like what the character is supposed to be doing and feeling okay. in, in the narrative, if that makes sense. So like... That feels like something that should have a term, but yeah. yeah. So like in Bioshock, for example, um, you know, you go through the whole a man chooses a slave obeys. No, wait, a man chooses a slave obeys thing. And then you like bludgeon that guy's head in and then... You know, you're supposed to have this moment where you're like, oh, I've been 
I've been played this whole time and, you know, have been manipulated. And then you just like kind of go about the rest of the game just still doing what people tell you to do, even though mm, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> not to like go on that big tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just something we'll get to, to Bioshock about. eventually. Yeah, just have right, to complete right. all PS2 games. And then we'll move on to PS3, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, how do you feel about platforming as scale- scalar? As the main guy. I, I felt like it was like pretty decent. I think like the later some levels where it's like more focused on just platforming as scalar were really fun. The level mm-hmm. that I got stuck on Medusum, I think was what it was called, was pretty much exclusively like platforming on moving uh, platforms and stuff like that, navigating hazards, which was fun. I think that was like the most enjoyable section to me from the whole game. Because I had to play it twice and really think about it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I feel like the game leans more towards combat as a challenge rather than platforming. At least in the, you know, first three fourths of the game that I played, which I don't know. The combat, I don't I don't think we have to talk about the combat immediately, but it wasn't as appealing to me as the platforming. What about you? Yes, um, I am in the same boat. So the platforming um, is sort of like, I think you can kind of break it down into, you know, there's like the actual like jumping on platforms. There's also these segments where you're like crawling on, um, what would you call that? <laughs> when you're like crawling on the walls. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those. There's those like these like giant. Uh, kind of lame, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like the giant like vine things. I don't know. They were okay. Um, and kind then of just spam circle the whole time, just like yes. licking everything. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there were the, um, grind rail sections. I liked the grind rails. I felt like that fit with the game's identity. Um, yes. In like a nice way. They didn't like build on it very much though. It was kind of just like, they introduced those like leaf things that you had to like duck under. Yeah. You could switch rails and then you had bombs to jump over. And that was kind of it. There were a few, I don't remember how late in the game they were, but there were some like later grind rails that were actually kind of (laughs) hard. Yeah. I think my biggest like issue with like the grind rails mechanically is the fact that like the speed that you're moving varies um, kind of, it varies enough that you kind of lose track of how long or how far your jump is going to carry you yes because your jump is just tied to how fast you're going so there were like sections where i like didn't clear the jump even though i kind of thought i would because i was going slower than uh i was like a second ago right so some of that was annoying but yeah that it was uh it was fun there were also parts or i think a couple like of the rail segments for me where because of the way like the vine curved, I would try to like time my jump to avoid like an obstacle on the curve. Mm-hmm. But then like Scalar's model as I jumped would still like clip into the obstacle and I'd take damage for it, even though I it was like, well, I feel like I timed my jump properly. It's just the way that you've like set up this vine that's freaking me up. And that was kind of annoying. I don't think that I ever timed the vine like a for a vine section. I don't think that I ever did any of them perfectly like i pretty much always took damage at some point yeah yeah do you want to talk about the combat real quick or yeah 
I don't know. I like I liked some aspects of the combat. I think the combat against like the larger enemies and the mini bosses was semi engaging. Um, I liked, you know, like the big guys that like spit fire, the guys that like try to jump and like slash at you. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I kind of have to learn their attack patterns and just work around that. That's kind of satisfying. But the game likes to just spam enemies at you. Yes. Just like a bunch of like tiny enemies. And it does this constantly. Like it'll throw them in like the midst of like a platforming section and you just got to like swipe it at them and stuff and it's like everything does the same amount of damage so like if you run like running into like i don't know 10 little guys is more like concerning than running into one big guy and it's mainly just because like you know you'll you'll swing your like attack or whatever and you'll knock out like three but there's one that was like a little bit further back and out of range of your attack and it'll just like jump in afterwards and like take take down your health a little bit and uh, that was really annoying. I'm surprised that that, that happened so much. Like, yes. No one disagreed with that. Right. Um, so there was, I'm trying to think. So my biggest problem with the combat that like pissed me off. So yeah, so they do use swarmers so much. And like mm-hmm. there's there's a few different like types of swarmers that they just like love to throw in. Um, which is like annoying and I would just deal with those by like sort of like running in circles and spamming circle which is like the tongue attack mm-hmm. um, just <laughs> licking them to death but then so my issue with the bigger enemy types so there was like the guys that would spit the gas there was the guys that would like um, that did like the pounce and like the claw swipe attacks yeah um, and then there were these uh, do you remember like the floating dragon guys that would throw like fireballs at you Mm-hmm. So I think all three of those enemies, um, they do have um, so most like most regular things that hit you will do one damage. Those types also do have like a grab attack that will do like two damage. Oh, okay. You. I don't think I paid attention to that. Okay, I don't know if you maybe you never got grabbed or whatever. Maybe I um, never got grabbed. I'm pretty good. <laughs> the thing that it pissed me off. So the so the first of all, the hitboxes are fricked up. Um, so yeah, like scalers well. hitbox uh, and the enemy hitboxes like sometimes you'll like go into like attack and your attacks will just like miss when you feel like it shouldn't and sometimes you'll get hit and you'll be like I clearly was not like in line in the line of their like attack um, especially with the the gas attacks of like the big buff guys like there were a few times I was standing like behind them like cl- clearly behind them and the gas attack still poisoned me and I was like uh <laughs> like I'm not mm-hmm. even in front to get hit by that. Um, oh, I noticed that a lot with that boss fight where you had to, like, fight, um, I think, the three guys on the back of that flying dude on that, like, ice level, I think. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, it was like a gauntlet of three bosses, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There was about. one yeah. dude that, like, spit out acid or whatever, and, like, just the way the camera was positioned, it was kind of, like, hard to tell where he was spraying his gas, and I felt like it had a very large hitbox. So, yeah. Right. Um, and also, so for the grabbing attacks, there's no, like, real, like, you know how when, you, sorry, I'm going into, like, game design crap for a second. But so it's, like, a common principle for, like, combat where your enemies that are going to, like, attack your player are supposed to, like, telegraph their attacks so the player knows how to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for like specifically like a lot of the grab attacks, there was no like telegraphing of the attacks. So like you would get in close to an enemy and like try to like swipe them with your claws a few times and then they would just like instantly grab you and then like bash your head in and do two damage and you're just like um i didn't know that that was gonna happen and like it right. would happen at really random times like there was no way to like really tell and there was also an issue with like telegraphing um related to like the camera like the camera in this game is not incredible and if you're like running around the arena in like a circle sometimes like oh yeah it would get stuck will, like yeah he'll like it'll get stuck or it'll like the camera won't be able to be pointed at the guy who's about to do like a big AOE attack and you just kind of miss the telegraphing of his attack. And it's right. like, sometimes that would happen. It's like, yeah, cameras just kind of in general, uh, still sucky. So, yeah. Um, there was one, I think it was like the last, you know how like the, you, you would like jump on like a big circular platform and like the arena barrier pops in around you and then like you're trapped until yeah you kill everything basically. So it was the very last level before the final boss. Um, there was one last arena challenge and that was the most bullshit god awful gauntlet of the whole game. And I, aside from the boss fight itself, which, oh my God. Uh, (laughs) but anyway, um, yeah, it was awful. Um, because it just throws so many of those big enemy types at you at once and swarmers. And, um, it's not like a thing where, and I think this is true for all the arenas. It doesn't, it's not like a wave system where like if you, you know, you kill like the whole wave and then the next wave spawns. It's like, no, you kill a few of the enemies and portions of the next wave will start to appear. Yeah. So, so it's like constant barrage. Yes. Not- yes. And that's, I think it, it would have been much better if it was just more like an arena thing or like a, like a wave thing instead of a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I feel like the arena thing, like. I feel like you do that like a couple times, but it was like a very like constant thing that this game leaned on for challenge, I guess. Yeah. To just have these sections where you're like, okay, now you're stuck here. You got to fight all these enemies. Yeah. Like Ratchet and Clank, it would have been nice if there was like one level that was like, okay, this is the arena level where we're going to have you just like fight a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But, um, but on the very last arena fight there were there was like a point where i had four of those fire shooting dudes and like Mm -hmm. one of the like the big the big mini bosses you know where they punch the ground and there's like the whole aoe thing yeah you have to like jump Mm -hmm. over it and i it was i had to save state my way through it because it was so garbage oh yeah and it was it was the worst it was so frustrating anyway i I wonder if i'll i wonder if we will reach a game that is so frustrating that i will have to set up the ps2 emulator to, <laughs> to save state use through some it. save states yeah yeah i could see that yeah i will I, say i looked at like emulator footage of this game for um like seeing how the end like the ending and stuff played out uh i i'm playing everything that i can on an actual ps2 just to kind of get that authentic experience of everything looking like crap um, <laughs> but there's a lot of like I don't know, like the way that like the emulators like smooth out a lot of the uh, textures and everything and like the models, mm-hmm. it looks really nice. Like this game doesn't feel like especially cheap or old no. or anything. Like no, that. it doesn't. Like, it feels very like, I, w- I don't want to say big budget, but like they didn't just like pump this random game out, which is kind of what I expect from like these kind of more middling 
uh, like mascot platformers that have like one entry. I'm like, okay, this game is going to be kind of like a shovelware almost, but right, it right. feels like there was a decent amount of like love and care put into it. Yeah. And it's clear they put like a lot of time into like the art direction and, and like the looks of things and like it, yeah, it was, uh, the environments were something, <laughs> something sure. to look at. So the game is like set in this like reptilian dimension. Um, everything is reptilian. I think everything that like all enemies are like some form of lizards or just reptiles in general. I guess that would make more sense, but it's like all like, it's like heavy uses of like foliage and like a lot of bloom. Like yeah, it's all so very much colorful. Bloom. Yeah. It's like, um, it's not like just like green. It's like a bunch of different, like, you know, bright saturated colors. And I found, I found it very, um, off-putting personally, but yeah, I mean like the lizard thing, it's just not for me. I love dragons. Dragons are cool. Spyro's cool. Spyro's worlds are cool, but this lizard thing was not doing it for me. Uh, what did you think? Yes. So I think like where Spyro, so Spyro's world, I think has a lot of appeal because, um, it, I don't know, it's themes that are like not inherently hostile looking <laughs> like it's like fun yeah. like fantasy themes and like castles and or or like pretty like nature scenes this was like um like a very alien and like hostile world like sci-fi but like the type of sci-fi where everything kills you mm-hmm. um and um i think um part of why the world feels so like hostile and like uh, I don't know, d- doesn't have the same amount of appeal, I think it's because they didn't really seem to give uh, anything in the game purpose outside of it being a video game level, yeah. if, that, if that makes sense. So, like, if you think about, like, Ratchet & Clank, uh, Sly Cooper, and Jack and & Daxter, like, those worlds that they're in are all, like, lived in by non-hostile things. <laughs> like, right. Like, in, in Ratchet & Clank, you're in, like, a like functioning galactic society in Sly Cooper, you know, like you're, you're, you know, everyone is like hostile to you, but you're in like, it's like an opera, like you're, you're intentionally in like enemy operations. So it's like, it's yeah, more yeah. fitting. And then Jack and Dexter, like you have like the peaceful, like little village area. And then you have, you know, like the, the jungles and the, you know, there's like some like variation or, you know, in the later games, you're, you're like running around like a city area where people actually like live and go about like their daily business or whatever. Whereas like this thing was like, no, nah, everything wants to kill you. It's yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, so. I, I think visually as well, I think they, it's like, I can tell I'm in a reptile world, but yes. there's like too much to look at. I think this game could have like done with like, maybe, and like, obviously you want it to be like densely, like, you know, a lot of foliage and stuff. Um, but I think you can do that in a way that doesn't feel as overwhelming to yes. the eyes. Yes. Um, maybe with like a smaller color palette per world or something like that. I think that like... Oh, yeah. The color most, palettes were all over the place between levels. Yeah, it's just, just like a lot a lot going on at any, mo- any moment. But I think I think that is like a weak point for this game aesthetically. But... Yeah, I don't know if that's just me hating lizards or like a lot of this is just like me not really vibing with like 
the enemies. I don't know. I well, would just like the man, whoever made this felt like they were like way too obsessed with lizards. And I couldn't get behind that. <laughs> I couldn't get that out of my head the whole time. Well, also like, I think the back to like the color palette thing, a lot of the levels like the way that they're split up, I mean, like in like the the overworld map, you can like fly around and like follow these like little trails that like connect between between the levels. But honestly, a lot of the like some of the levels don't feel like they would even exist in the same dimension. But apparently, they do. If that makes sense, like yeah, if, if you look I at like mm-hmm. yeah, if you look at like um, Medusum, for example, Medusum feels like it's um <laughs> like there's no ground i don't know you're just like floating in in the sky yeah, it's or like something this void area right it's like, mm. and it's like how does that make sense if, like the rest of the the rest of the levels have like water planes like where where the heck are we i don't know whereas like in something like uh like ratchet and clank for example has has a lot of like very varied environments but you have the excuse of like oh yeah we're just on a different planet <laughs> mm-hmm. so anyway small Small-ish nitpicks, but... Yeah, it almost would have made sense if you're like, we're hopping between different dimensions or something yeah. like that, rather than staying in one dimension, which yeah. honestly, maybe they are, and I don't, I didn't like pick up on that. <laughs> like, that would almost make way more sense, but yeah. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I've seen in your notes, you said that Scalar or something about him feels kind of like off-putting. Yeah, so I, I, I think that like his design is like... It's like almost there. And I'm not like, uh, I don't know, very <laughs> talented at like character design or like able to like point out what makes one character look better than the other. But like as just a consumer, um, I felt like his design was like kind of something about it was like kind of weird to me. I think it's some of the box art and stuff. He looks better. Um, oh, you think he looks better in the box art? Interesting. Let me let me let me check this out. Okay, because I'm going like, to send you an image. I was going to ask what what you were looking at when you, uh, or like some of the stuff like that, like a, like a still of him just like in action, which I assume is like not from the game. It's like a 3D rendering. Or yeah, something. yeah, it is. Um, actually, the box art does look a little weird. Um, yeah, I was going to say I prefer him. I think in maybe in game over the box art. I think the GameCube cover looks a little bit better. The GameCube cover? I don't know what that looks like. His, no, his nose is just like... Uh, the one that you sent is from like the back of the GameCube one. But oh, it is? I think his nose in like the PS2... Oh. Well, I guess there's a couple variations of the box art. But his nose on like the box art where he's like grinding on the rail... Yeah, his um, nose is way too big. His nose is like weirdly big and his eyes are maybe too small. Like... yes. He kind of looks like he's not a child. <laughs> Almost. I think that's throwing me off. He's too um, um he's too beady-eyed in the Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Something something about the eyes is upsetting me. Also his like cheeks with his smile kind of like a yeah. too big too, it feels like. And like He's looking just a bit too aggressively directly into my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. I think in-game, he looks, like, okay. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at the GameCube cover, and I actually like that. See, the GameCube cover has, like, a lot more appeal to it. Mm-hmm. I think. Anyway. Yeah. Because you get to see, like, some of the transformations and stuff. It's like, yeah. Right. I think in-game, he looks 
mostly all right. It's not like as like a iconic of uh, design as some of the other like mascot platformers like mm-hmm. um, Sly and Ratchet and stuff. I don't know like what makes those better than this to me. Maybe it's like there's too much going on with him in some aspect. Like he's got like, I don't know, like a striped tail and like I think the hair is, I don't know, fun, but. I don't know. It's like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, Morgan, what do you think? You're, um, you're smarter than me when it comes to this. So I think the the hair spikes might make his silhouette. So so first of all, so the hair spikes on the PS2 box art don't look good because you can't tell that they flow like hair. Like they just look like mm. a big clump of horns on the back of his head. But like in game, it actually like the his like spikes or whatever kind of like wibble around like hair. Because like as, yeah. a, as a human, he has like crazy hair like that um i think the hair also makes his silhouette on the ps2 cover isn't very good and i think his like hair spikes also like complicate his silhouette a little bit in game you know if you can picture like ratchet's silhouette or like sly's silhouette in game do you know what i mean yes Mm -hmm. yeah I, i just think that they have you know maybe like clearer um shapes to them um I can see that. That makes sense. I don't know. That might be it. Or that might be part of it. I mean, like certain images, it's like, oh, this this feels like, you know, a lovable character from like the PS2 era. But I don't know. I feel like it's just like not all the way there. And yeah, can't elaborate much more on that. I think in game, his like pupils and irises are too beady. Like it makes him look a little bit crazed. (laughs) <laughs> okay so maybe yeah. i would like make them a little bit bigger i will say i feel like out of like scalar versus the transformations it's like the transformations don't really hold a candle to no this design i would say like literally every character is much worse than yes scalar's design yeah uh, well also so, yeah. like in the in the transformations there's no like um you can't like aside from the color palette you wouldn't be able to tell that that's still scalar you know what mm-hmm. i mean like they don't they don't um adopt any of his like facial features or anything which i think would have helped make them more appealing yeah like it just feels like a palette swap rather than like yeah like its own like, additions thing. yeah like yeah. it doesn't maintain like the hair or something let's talk about let's talk about the level design uh to kind of round out the discussion of the game sure Morgan, how did you feel about like the different levels and how they kind of vary and add challenge? I think everything was pretty fine as far as like the platforming and like levels went like as far as like a difficulty curve and whatnot. But (laughs) the thing that pissed me off the most were, uh, you know, like the instead of crates, there's like these green sort of like egg shaped things yeah. that you can I wanted to open. call them eggs but eggs are like the collectible so I right. didn't do that so. yeah so it's like what do you call them so I, I just I'm just gonna call them crates because that's that's all they are you break them open and get like the currency or whatever um mm-hmm. the different like variations they took on the crate so like so like some crates um like you start off the game playing the game you know that like these crates are breakable they have the currency in them or whatever well then they introduce these crates different types of crates that are completely indistinguishable from the original crates that um, have like spikes pop out of them when you get too close. 
Mm-hmm. So it like punishes you for trying to run up and like whack them. And then I think there's another thing they introduce where there's um, an enemy type that is disguised as a crate. It's like a mimic or whatever. So you like yeah. walk up to it and it like explodes out of the ground and then like bites you. And I hated how they did that. It's so I feel like, annoying. I feel like you could have, you could, I feel like you could have gotten away with that once or maybe for like a level. But yeah. How it just kind of like persists through the rest of the game after that like <laughs> initial appearance. It's like, why? Right. And like, and like, there's no like, um, I don't know. It doesn't give you any time to just like kind of like chill out and like enjoy like the currency or whatever that you're getting. You know how like in Ratchet and Clank, <laughs> for example, it feels good to like do an enemy segment and then to find like a room full of crates and then get to just like smash them apart. That just feels good because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm getting all this currency. You know, it makes the makes a little bit of dopamine get, get going in your brain. Yeah. It, but in this game, going. they just wouldn't let you have that. So it's like you go through the bullshit arena stuff and then you come out to the, like the crates on the other side and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to smash up these crates. And then you accidentally whack a spike crate and then it kills you and you are like, oh, all right. <laughs> and it's. I just I just think that's mean. It's it just mean. It's dumb. I think that they were introduced on the Atlas level, that level with like the like sand monster thing that were where if you like step on the sand, it's just like this like worm oh. creature that jumps up and grabs you. Yeah. I think that's when they first made their appearance, which I really liked that level. I found the Saiyan monster to be like kind of a fun enemy. And then it's like, oh, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like as a kid, that would have been like, oh, I don't like this. this Anxiety is like, inducing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, also with like, sorry, with the, um, so how you get past the sand monster is you get this invisibility upgrade and oh, yeah, yeah. you can turn invisible and like crawl. You have to crawl past it and like avoid its tentacles that are like searching for you in the sand or whatever. Um, also part of what adds to the adrenaline is when your invisibility starts to wear off, the game lets you know by playing this really loud, like heart pumping sound. <laughs> so you're just like, Oh, I gotta get out. I gotta get out. There was a, there was a couple of frustrating sections on, I think other levels. I think the sand monster persists to other levels. I can't remember which world it was, but there was some like, there was like weird tech with the invisibility that I didn't quite understand because it's like. The sand monster is very unforgiving. You step one foot on there and then you're right. dead. Yeah. Um, it's not like there's some warning or like someone or like a like the tentacle like coming towards you. You have to be invisible on it or else you're dead. But as you're like in, in invisibility walking over it, you can jump from that, which I feel like wasn't super obvious, but is necessary, I think, for getting through some sections. So yeah no you're right i I remember what you're talking about yeah i think that that enemy is a little bullcrap but i liked that one um other enemies which were also frustrating and obnoxious i liked much less there were some there was just like uh, it was like a venus flytrap looking thing that would like pop out of the ground and like pretty much always hit you like <laughs> well yeah that, that was the thing that was disguised as the crate i think oh okay yeah 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 yeah, so where it has, like, the green sucked. face that looks like the... Yeah. That was it, yes. Yes. Yeah. Those sucked. <laughs> um, because he was, like, running towards them to go break them and then just pop out and smack you. Right. Just, like, why? I trusted these green crates. This is, like, the only 
this is like the only like element on this godforsaken universe that <laughs> I can trust. And now you're taking that away from me. Yeah. So I did have a note like real quick, um, just back to like the arena trap thing. I think it would have been better if they had just ditched the arena trap thing and just made the enemy setups like, um, I don't know, just just have them like there you're walking around in the level. So like you could see yes. it and deal with it and then like you kill it and it's done sort of a thing. And not any of this dying in the arena and having to refight everything. Yeah. They were often placed, um, like, it, it felt like they were placed right before what would seem to be a safe zone or, like, a collectible or something. Like, I think there was one that was right in front of an egg. I'm, I might be remembering that wrong. But it always was like, oh, my God, I have to deal with this now. Right, uh, right. You're just, like, trapped in there. I feel like it could have been nice to just, like you said, have a bunch of enemies and maybe you get a reward for defeating them, like one of those uh, like secondary collectibles. Um, I think that would be fun, right? It was kind of a moment, uh, momentum killer. Yes. Like, okay. Now I'm here, and I gotta like make my way through all these waves of enemies. Yeah. Did you have a favorite level in this game? Um, let me think. Um, While you think, I think I I'll say that I think Atlas was my favorite. That was the one Atlas. with the sand monster, but also the one where you could like switch time, I think. Like you hit oh, like the, the daytime the thing or the Yeah, the, it like, made it dark thing. and glowy. I couldn't tell if that was like going into the past or what, but it was a interesting idea. I don't know. Honestly, it just kinda all blurred together in my head. It really does. Like it doesn't do too many interesting things with like I don't know, gimmicks level to level, like it does in some aspects, but like it's mostly like, okay, this is a gimmick level or a just straightforward normal level. Like the normal levels are always kind of the same. Right. Uh, except for like the occasional interesting idea, like the switching time between the stuff to like clear obstacles and reveal new paths, which was fun, but barely used. So, right. I mean, that's all, I think that's all I have to say about anything and everything regarding this game. <laughs> yes. Um, just right quick. Um, cause, so did you watch the final boss? Yes. So one of the things that we didn't mention about the gameplay was, um, you have like a, like an elect electric bomb attack that you can do a scaler. Oh, that's what that was. I assumed that. So at first I was like, oh, this is an ability that I have as Scalar. But then I was like, I couldn't figure out how to use it. So oh, it was I L2, it I was think. For, oh, okay. I assumed it was for Baku Den or whatever. No, no. Um, so that's interesting that you had no idea because that is like the only way you can damage the final boss is with the bomb attack. So in the game, in like the normal game outside of the, the boss fight, um, you, you can charge up the bomb attack by using grind rails um, and you can also oh. buy upgrades to increase how many bombs you can have charged up at a time. Uh, and then like for like normal enemies, the bomb attack, it, it does a lot of damage. And also if it doesn't kill anything, it'll like stun whatever en enemies are left. So it's like kind of hand handy for the arena stuff, um, mm -hmm. and makes it like a little bit less frustrating. Uh, but so for the final boss, the, the upgrades to, increase the amount of bombs you can have charged up are totally optional. So you could go into the final boss and only have one bomb charge available to you, which would suck so much. 
Yeah, I'm watching um, this boss right now, and that seems uh, that seems like it would be annoying. Yeah. Yes. Um, so basically, what you have to do is there's these like four little tiles on the ground that light up, um, and only at specific times when the boss is like attacking. So you have to try and like stand on a tile and also avoid the boss's attacks to get enough like electric charge to then go and use the bombs to like reach him and damage him. So his attacks get more like difficult and like they last longer over time. So that is like hard. And then I don't remember if there was a phase. I think maybe there's only two phases. Where, like, after you think that you've killed him, he then hops down into the arena and starts chasing you. And um, he stops using his, like, attacks that he was previously using. So you can't, like, the tiles don't, like, light up anymore for you to charge. Instead, you have to try to lure him over and make him attack and, like, slam on the ground just, just perfectly right to where it'll charge up the tile for a few seconds for you to stand on it and then continue to try not to get your head bashed in. And yeah, that's, it's that's stupid. God awful. Because it's god awful. It's like you're leading him to the spot to attack, uh, like these charge pads. Yes. But then you also have to stand on the charge pad. Right. Well, so he's still like, trying to hit you. Yeah. So you're getting yeah. like very little charge from this because he's tacking so quickly right and he does not stop chasing you like it's like mm -hmm. a constant running after you thing like you don't get any breaks so you're just like running around screaming your head off and like trying not to die basically um yeah. it would almost then, make more sense to like have him attack the charge pad and that would hurt him like yes that would yeah honestly that would make way way more sense but um and then after that i don't remember if if there's another phase are you, like, watching a video? Can you, like, scrub through and see? Um, I th think that's the last phase where you just fight him. Right. So, yeah. So, you go through that and then, you know, get the whole um, final scene where it's like, oh, you lost your dad. Huh? Sorry. Hard cut to black. <laughs> Credits roll. And that's why when I texted you and I was like, what? <laughs> that's why I was losing my mind. Because I was like, I did all of that for that? Just to become an orphan again? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or dadless. I guess mm -hmm. he still has his mom, technically. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was the last, my last um, gripe was yeah, just that, that bullcrap boss fight. That seems, that seems like something that I might have just given up on, like, honestly. Uh, if I, like, couldn't save state my way through that, I probably would have been like, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have bothered gist. to do it normally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I had save states... Um, like after, like I was like save stating after each of his attack phases. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And then I had the save state before the, the chasing me around thing. Yeah. It was awful. Is that all that we got to say for Scaler? Yes, yes it is. PS2. All right. So in conclusion, it looks like the only place to play this game uh, today is on the PlayStation 2, GameCube or Xbox. It's uh, it's not it's not one of those like super expensive games, like uh, PlayStation Two or Xbox. I think I saw like listings, pretty much always under twenty dollars on eBay, um, sometimes like less than ten. So, it's not a particularly sought after game. Uh, GameCube, it's like forty because you know f you if you're a GameCube fan basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, PlayStation Two. Um, <laughs> what what did what was with this? studio so they were um 
what were they? Artificial Minded Movement. Um, but they changed their name in like 2010 to Behavior Interactive. And I looked mm-hmm. at like the list of like other games that they that they put out, and it was mostly like um, movie games or like TV show games. Like they made like a That's yeah. So Raven Game Boy game, and like <laughs> you know, just like crap like that, which was kind of funny. It's a little sad, I guess. I've heard of Behavior Interactive before. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head anything that they've made, but that's like mm-hmm. a name that I'm familiar with. So, yeah, um, I guess. Do they still? I wonder if they still have, like have the rights to this game, or, or like this IP. Oh, um, I have no clue. I'm not sure. Do you, do you think that, there's a bidding war over the Scalar IP? I don't know. I feel like THQ Nordic probably has it because they've acquired like every old dead IP. Oh, uh, interesting. Point, so. so, I mean, the likelihood of a Scalar sequel <laughs> or reboot is uh, probably <laughs> less than nothing, but. You know, having played it and, um, you know, if we were chosen to give feedback, uh, like, on different ways they could improve the scalar formula for a uh, new game, what would be, like, the main things you would like to see different um, in a sequel slash reboot? For the love of God, don't do a turret section. Yeah. Please. I I think you could cut those out or... (laughs) I don't know, maybe one. I'll give you one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no don't more. do don't do the crate bullshit. None of that. Um, I think the the Metroidvania kind of type idea with it with the transformations where you can like go back and like access new areas of old levels mm-hmm. is a very good idea. And I think that would work perfectly with a concept like this. Yeah, I mean um, like take the things that work. I think transformations work. I think uh <laughs> the real grinding sections are like kind of like they feel like uh integral to the personality of scalar so it's like lean into stuff like that and just kind of like cool it on the <laughs> the colors the enemy spam the yeah. combat arenas yes um you know what get good writing or no writing i that's that's what needs to happen um maybe a prequel maybe we play as Bobby Scalar Jenkins in the real world oh, sabotaging um, these lizard um, I don't know haters I don't I'm still confused as <laughs> but they're to not what their haters because they're still lizards themselves they are right? lizards right yeah I don't know lizard don't know. Um, dictators <laughs> I don't know um, oh I do think that like at sorry at the true ending of the game at the very end I think Leon even has a cheesy line about like oh we'll see what adventures we get up to next time or whatever and it's like well it's not a next very time optimistic. Leon so. <laughs> I want a prequel oh. where I play as Leon oh yeah <laughs> I want to play as Leon who lost his lost his son and wife to this lizard dimension and right he has to live there with no memory of them. It'll be like a gritty. It'll be like The Last of Us. Yeah, that's what I was that's gonna say. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. All right. That's Scalar. Yep. Oh, and if it wasn't clear um, from our um, the 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 points we made during the review, uh, I think it got like average ratings across the board. Yeah, I like, mean, honestly, like this this is not a bad game. This is no. an average game. Yes. <laughs> like. It has some ideas that work and some ideas that don't. Like, it just it needed refining, I think. I think it I think it got a straight seventy on all platforms. I think one had a sixty nine. I hope it was the PS two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So middle of the road, basically, yeah. uh, according to most critics at the time. And according to us now. Right. <laughs> so yeah. uh, what, are, what are we looking forward to uh, for next month? How about you next tell month, us? We have um, a game that I know very little about, but I was drawn to based off of the uh, developer and publisher. It is Oni for the PS2. It is a third-person action game developed by Bungie, the studio that makes Halo and Destiny, um, and published by Rockstar. And I'm just very curious to see like what a Bungie um, pre-Halo was up to. I wonder yeah. if this was their last game before Halo. I think timing-wise, that would maybe be correct, but that could be. I, I'm not. I'm not certain. Um, it's a you know, it's like an anime inspired game set in a cyberpunk world i think you're playing as like a cop or something um and it's takes inspirations from anime like ghost in the shell and akira so could be i mean based off of everything i just said i'm like this game sounds amazing yeah um i don't hear many people talk about it i'm worried it may not be but maybe <laughs> it'll be a hidden gem find out uh, next month <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, you got anything else to add before we end the show? No. All right. I mean, this is this has been the fourth episode of Analog Stick. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, um, and a video version of our podcast published to our Joystick YouTube channel. You can find me on Pixel.Wave, my YouTube channel, where I occasionally make videos yearly uh, at this at this rate um <laughs> yeah. and you can find morgan in digging the middle through of, the trash yeah in, in your backyard <laughs> digging through the trash looking for uh tossed copies of scalar yes <laughs> um yeah this is this has been analog stick uh, goodbye goodbye